1: In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How do you do that? I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker, with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan.
2: All right, Daily Ticker time. A little bit later than normal here because, uh, hey, sometimes on the West Coast, people don't want to wake up too early. I can't blame them. If I didn't have to get up for this job, I'd be sleeping my ass into.
3: Well, he wasn't sleeping. But it's what actually was he not doing? Why... Well, he's, he's hes a dad. Oh, he's okay. Kid okay, duty. makes sense. He's got
2: things to do in the morning. Well, I don't have kids. I don't know what the hell dads are going through in the morning. That's hard enough just to get me out of the house in one well, piece. You live a blessed life, my brother. That I do. Uh, let's talk about the drama in Portland and Golden State, though. And joining us now is our good friend Sam Findiari. at Sam Esfendiari on Twitter. You can give him a follow. He's the host of the Light Years podcast, a podcast covering the Golden State Warriors. Uh, What's your beef, Sam? Why you guys got such a beef with us (laughs) down?
1: First off, I want to say I wish I was sleeping, but no, I was was chasing a one-year-old around since 6 a.m. So, unfortunately, that was not why I couldn't join you. Um, Yeah, I haven't... uh, I haven't seen a situation like this happen at, at the NBA trade deadline. It's, it's really unique and kind of bizarre, right?
2: It feels like it. What's the, what's the reaction been down there? I mean, I know, I know how we feel up here. We're kind of taking the, yeah. like, uh, hey, you screw you. Who are you to bring up this stuff? And you knew he was hurt. Like, I don't know. That's been kind of the reaction of Blazer fans. And then the drawing of Larry Nance into this in New Orleans, that was kind of out of left field. How, how have Warrior fans reacted to this whole saga?
1: Confusion um you know first they trade james wiseman who whatever you think of him they did take him number two overall less than three years ago and with and then pumped him up as you know the future and the guy who will replace steph curry and yada yada so just moving off of him was surprising and then you acquire a fan favorite from last season so everyone gets on board with it and then just pure confusion over what's going on is probably the best way
3: to describe it. Sam, okay, so I, I've tried to read and see as much on this, I, I think, as possible so far. And and if the Blazers do stupid things or bad things, we we roast them all the time. This is kind of one of those for me where I'm trying to see the other side. I just don't see it other than is this about getting a second round or two second round picks back? Like what I, I saw that Myers press conference yesterday and his answer of, well, he played against us the night before, so we thought he was healthy. I just, I'm just, i kind of confused here of what, what is the end goal for them. They accepted the trade. They asked for the investigation. I, I still haven't seen any concrete evidence that they truly misled him. What do you think the end goal of the Warriors is with this?
1: You know, my initial thought was what you guys were saying, like, oh, they found something and they're trying to haggle to get a pick back or, you know, something like that. But the more that's come out and the more I've kind of listened and talked to people, like, I, I actually think it is at face value their medical staff bailed him and felt somewhat misled here. And it, it basically, to me, it comes down to, like, a difference of opinion in terms of medical treatment. The one thing I will mm-hmm. say about the Warriors is uh, Rick Celebrini, who's their – whatever, you know, you know how these titles change all the time. Like I can never keep track. <laughs> right. uh, basically the top, the top guy on the training staff. Um, took over in 2018 or 19 around that point and way more uh, kind of preventative focused and way more cautious with players' health. Uh, And you see it with um, like the rehabs of Draymond last year and Steph Curry. And, you know, they would say it worked because those guys were able to get healthy for the playoffs last year. And obviously they won the title because of it. Um, But, they're also super secretive and quiet about trading stuff. So I actually think it's just more that their threshold is maybe higher than, than most, I guess Mm -hmm. I would say.
2: Okay, interesting. We're talking about Samus uh, A Light Years podcast covering the Golden State Warriors at Samus Findiari on Twitter. You can go give him a follow there. Well, it, it's amazing to me too how much like the messaging has changed. Like he gets in and somebody leaks to the media that it's he's taking toradol shots and basically forced to play in Portland, Pressured to pressure to those, play. Yeah. And then it's like, well, and then maybe that wasn't the case, but he's taking or, oral medication, oral toradol, which sounds weird to say.
1: That one but, I can't
2: defend. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just all confusing. And then it's like, well, he's going to be out for three to four months, and now it's well, out ah, no, we're going to have. Him back by the playoffs. Like, what are they saying? What's the word down there on when they're hoping to have him back in the lineup?
1: So, he's definitely out for the next month, and then they said they'll reevaluate him in a month's time, which, I mean, best case scenario means he's on the court in six weeks. Usually, when they do the reevaluation, it's like he's ready to start doing on court ramp up work. Like I said, they're very slow and deliberate, and they don't often disclose a ton in terms of what they're doing on the, um, recovery side with injuries, so it's it's hard to say, it, but all I can draw off of is, like, the way they've done all previous players the last couple of years since Rick Celebrini's taken over. So I think they're shooting to have him back at the end of March, uh, give him a couple of weeks before the playoffs, but, like, your guess is honestly as good as mine.
3: Sam, the interesting part, I think, of this, with, you mentioned the new training staff and the way that they kind of go about their injury stuff. The The interesting part, I think, from the Portland side of this is... We don't know all the details that they did not give to Golden State or that they did, but I think what we do know is he played last year in the finals, and obviously he was dealing with this injury some to a certain extent. He obviously got injured via Dylan Brooks on that dirty-ass foul, but they, they had to have known that he had this injury, that he was going to get it solved. And I guess I'm just confused because it feels like this just takes – a day, two days to see any kind of injury report history and read a blog post on what Portland is saying publicly about him and his injury stuff? Like, I, I, I guess I'm just confused how they knew he was dealing with this during the finals. And now it's like, whoa, he's he's dealing with this. They they just had him like six months ago.
1: So your confusions uh, just as aligned as mine. So I'm like, I'm still trying to piece it together is the best way to put it. I I think I was seeing stuff to do with, like, inflammation. They didn't know was existing there, and in their minds, that means he needs to rest. Um, Watching him on Thursday, literally the day before the trade, like, he didn't look as explosive as he used to look, but Mm -hmm. it's also a single game, and you you watch as much NBA as I do. Sometimes guys just are, you know, like, going in second gear, for lack of a better term. Like, so I never really overreact to that stuff. I I would if it was, like, a two-month thing where you're watching every game and he looks slow. So I don't know. It it seems I really do say you guys should take it at face value that the training staff feels like he needs time off to rehab this.
3: Yeah, Uh, my favorite theories have have come in. The league has stories like this pop up. Everybody runs with it. My first favorite theory is Golden State didn't want to give him the bag he wanted. But they they wanted to get him back, so they convinced him to take the bag and then sabotage his way out. And then my second favorite conspiracy theory is Golden State is actually doing the bidding of the league and drawing problems to Portland to really just push out Jody Allen and get us <laughs> Phil Knight as the new owner. Which I actually wouldn't be upset if that. Hey, was I'd be the end goal. all
2: for that, man. All this hatred for Golden State's going to melt away if this gets Jody Allen out of the picture. I just think sometimes you get these stories,
3: Sam and. What's well, that just happened? All right, all just right, right, just I think buzzers. that means it's time for Sam to go. <laughs> but you know, how, you know how the league operates where you get these random weird-ass stories where you either have a position or you don't know how to feel about it, and instantly you get all these conspiracy theories.
1: The NBA is ripe for conspiracy theories more than any other sports league in the U.S. Like, have you guys noticed that? Like, you you don't get as many of the uh, the conspiracies in the NFL or mm-hmm. MLB that you do that you do in the NBA. You know, I, it might be Tim Donahue's fault. Let's be honest. You know, but it's mm-hmm. like there's just a million of them out there. So I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, I mean, the conspiracy theory going around uh, the Bay, the Bay Area with Warriors fans when the trade got. Um, you know, they wanted to rescind it or whatever they were doing there. It was like, oh no, ownership wants to bring Wiseman back. That's what this is about. You know, uh, that was like the conspiracy theory we were running with for a day. Uh, um, so you, you never know. I don't think ultimately that was not the case, but yeah. you know, knowing the backstory on like how invested they were in him, it just seemed so, uh, I, I just. It's funny that, like, oh, of course they're going to pull out of the trade to, to bring it back. Right.
3: Well, look, I, we talked a little bit about GP uh, when he signed with Portland. Uh, you, you talked about the impact he had. We could clearly see that in the finals. I, I guess I would just ask because I, I couldn't have been more wrong. There was some chatter, some narrative stuff with him, with locker room and off court and how healthy was he? Could he play sooner than he actually did? Like, there was some stuff coming out, and... I just, dis- right. I dismissed it. I, this dude is a dog. I watched him lead an Oregon State program to the NCAA tournament. I just kind of believe in him. How surprised are you that he signs that deal and this quickly he is traded and returns back to Golden State? Like, how surprised were you that that
1: happened? I mean, I was honestly, I was, I was shocked that, that that's who they would go for. It made sense to me after they did it. Like, if they wanted to get a player to help them, someone who had played in the system clearly is gonna be able to pick it up faster, although I guess he's not gonna play anytime soon. Um, <laughs> but then, like, you know, acquiring Sadiq Bay or someone like that where like you don't know if the fit's gonna work and you don't know how long that sort of thing's gonna take. Um yeah, the whole situation's curious. It does it does seem like uh it it just he never got healthy after the surgery. Like that's I don't I don't know I don't know how else to put it. It doesn't seem like uh he feels like he's healthy, and like I, I just don't know what to do with
2: that. Yeah, yeah, wild stuff. But at least we're we're rivals now. We got to hate each other. This is the way it's going to work. And uh, Samus Findiari, <laughs> we always enjoy our conversations, but we now officially have to hate you. That's the way these relationships go. <laughs> he hosts the Light Years podcast on the Golden State Warriors, and go give him a follow on Twitter at uh, Samus Findiari. We always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the insight on the Golden State side of things down there.
1: Appreciate
0: you guys. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy.